Ahoy, and welcome to the Open Journal Blogcast. Here we're going to be talking about mental health and all things related. That includes illness, wellness, stigma and support, and most importantly some of your very own personal stories. We're going to be covering projects, campaigns, education, starting conversations, and looking at some of the tools that support our well-being as well. I'm Mike, and while I'm being mindfully mindless, hopefully myself and my amazing guests will be able to show you you're not alone out there. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so Mm. they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, Mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, And then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to the podcast and to episode 204. I hope you're having a great week out there. I hope December is treating you well as we start to get into... Well, we're in. We're in the winter months now. Um, yeah, I hope things are well. I hope if you're putting up decorations and trees and things like that, it's, it's gone well and it looks good for you. Uh, if you're not putting up decorations or you haven't done yet, I hope things are well for you and you're able to enjoy the winter months. Um, in your own way as well. We haven't got, I'm just trying to think if we can, we haven't got any decorations up yet, um, although we are going to put some up sort of later on in December. Um, so yeah, looking forward to, to kind of seeing how this December goes. I think I think it might be a good one. I'm really apprehensive about saying that. Um, I used to love Christmas, uh, but it hasn't been great for the last, kind of, I don't know, five to ten years, I don't know. It hasn't been great for a while, um, but I kind of feel like this one might be okay. I don't know. I'm apprehensively positive, if that's possible. We will see how it goes. But yes, this week uh, we're talking a little bit about journaling um, and and a slightly different approach to it. So I'm really looking forward to the discussion that I'm going to bring you very, very soon. Um, And I think I would say for me it was a really positive conversation around what journaling is or what rather what it can be and I think I found that uh, I guess I'd call it traditional journaling kind of writing down in a notebook and, and latterly typing um, a really really useful way for me in regards to, to my well-being to my mental health to express some of the things that are going on but today we're going to be talking about why journaling can be important but also different aspects of it and particularly we're going to be talking about Journify which is an audio journaling platform and I think there's a really interesting conversation to be had about this as a platform but also different types of, of journaling that can be done and different ways to to use that as a as a tool 
as an asset with regards to our well-being. So a big thank you to Lamella who came on from Journify, who's the CEO in fact of Journify, to, to talk to us a little bit about her insights but also why and how Genify has, has been created and how it's being used already. So it's a really great insight into a particular resource. I think it's a really, really useful one for so many people. And not just people that are affected by, by particular illnesses or symptoms around mental health. I think it's a, a really useful platform for anyone's well-being. So really looking forward to sharing our conversation with you. As always, if you would like to come onto the podcast in the future, you can find information over at and this is a bit where I pause to remember the website. I can't, but I mean, it's been about three months now. I really should be on the ball. Um, so it's openjournalbc.com. You can find uh, information about being a guest on the podcast. You can find um, a few other things, like the, obviously, the, the, like I say, the traditional blog. You can find that on there as well. Um, but I really do think this is going to be an interesting conversation. As always, the links will also be in the show notes. So if you want to go out and find out more, you can do that. Here's this week's episode. It's really nice to finally sit down and have a, well, I say finally sit down and have a conversation. We've actually chatted already before, um, just not recorded. Um, but it's it's nice to kind of finally sit down and have this opportunity to talk and to hear a bit more about you. But just to get started, how how's your last couple of days, how's your last week been and what's been going on? Um, quite hectic, but I feel like that's, that's pretty much for everyone. Um, on top of running my business, I've been writing a lot which makes me really happy but about topics related to mental wellness so it's always related to my business as well um one of the benefits of working on something you love i would say and i've also been trying to plan a trip to visit my family they are they're still in latin america so as you can imagine that process has been a nightmare so the the flight has gotten cancelled a few times i have to rebook i have to get a new covid test and a new this and that but i'm really excited it's it's been a year since i last saw them and i think this year has also made me feel that I miss them you know I was taking it for granted that I could just see them anytime I wanted and now I couldn't so really looking forward to that oh that's so, so exciting I think I've I've really found I don't know if you're a like a proper people person um like I I don't know that I would really describe myself as that I quite like time by myself um but I've really started to notice in the last month like really reflecting on how little we've really been able to see not so much family for me but for friends um I feel like I've really missed that side of actually connecting with some people and the benefit of um like you kind of having conversations online means that you know people in quite a widespread geographical sense so having those opportunities to meet up and really see and talk to people is extremely limited this year it's not like they're kind of 10 minutes down the road um they're in another part of the country or another country so it has been really difficult. I don't know, how has that felt for you, kind of having those different spreads of, of support networks and people you want to speak to being so much further away and it being really, really difficult to, to meet them this year? Yeah, it's been quite challenging, uh, but also really good things came out of it, I would say. On the challenging part, I moved to the UK in April, so I had to build up my network and my friends here and 
Well, rekindle with old friendships, but it's kind of rebuilding, you know, your friendship in a new way. So that part has been quite challenging. You know, we had to make the most out of the few months where it was allowed to just go out and do things. Uh, because I am a people's person for sure. So for me, that was really important. Like have my group, my my people and, and different people to do different things, you know. Uh, but I think like that worked really well. It, it was... It was something that I was scared about because the circumstances weren't the easiest. Um, I even met some friends online, you know, like people do online dating. I was like trying to meet friends online. <laughs> that was an extreme, but I was very you know, focused on it. And I, and I thought that's important to me, so I'm going to make it happen. And not being able to just easily travel to see my other really good friends, missing important moments, not being able to see my family. You know, I, I think a year is really not a very long time. Some people go much longer than that, but I think it's the fact that you know you can't is mm. what makes it really different. So that part has made it feel like much longer. Um, but I think I've, I, I, I've never been more excited to go and see them, you know? That, that is the beauty of this kind of journey, whereas you're like, well, I'm gonna make that time and the effort to actually call on in a video chat to the people I really care about and visit the people I care about and go above and beyond for that, instead of just seeing people all the time, traveling all the time, and just, you know, here and there, because I'm a people person, so that will be my default. So I think like, that kind of like reset has been really good and has created a good balance. Definitely, yeah, it's really interesting. I, I love hearing kind of other people talk about their experience, and they're just like, oh, I wish I was a people, oh, no, no, I know people. <laughs> I think it, it's just, yeah, it, it's, I think for me, it's really resonated more so that side of like, being someone that does like time by theirself and really really noticing in the last few weeks last couple of months even how much I'm missing people and thinking if I was a people person how much more difficult this year would have been um so I think it it, it is really important to to kind of reflect on we have not all kind of experienced this year in the same way. There are certain yeah. Yeah, certain struggles and certain experiences that mean very different things to people. So I think it is really important to kind of reflect on that. And that's why I enjoy these conversations, because often people come with a different point of view on some of those yeah, experiences. So. Yeah. I think I, I, if you have asked me a year ago, this is going to happen, you know, how would you feel about it? I would have said, absolutely not i would be terrified of just being so isolated i think that fast forward a few months after you know um i would have probably i would have guessed that i would have been suffering from some sort of like mental health problems because my energy is people and i've always lived away from home so not having my family you start you know forming relationships that become close to what family is with some people and just not being able to even like have it like a gist of that felt very odd in theory now once we actually started going through it i'm also a really positive and pragmatic person so i just try to make the best out of every situation and i was able to work on so many projects with were very satisfying I didn't have to make trade-offs. I didn't have to choose, do I work more on this or do I, um, even personal projects, you know, do I do this or do I just go to this dinner or see this friend? I would have always chosen the latter. So not having to choose gave me that 
space, at least for a little while. And then I've learned that we're also predisposed by what people tell us about ourselves. I don't know if that makes sense, but when people tell you you're the most sociable person I've met over and over, you kind of think you are then suddenly I'm enjoying reading time so much making you know making time for myself I just love doing a puzzle or watching a Netflix show and yes I did that before occasionally but only within the gaps versus now I choose when I want to do something and I think that's really rewarding and then I still want to socialize and I still want to spend time with my friend and my family but I don't want to just do it by default and I think that's created a better decision-making process of how I spend my time versus time is decided how I'm going to, you know, how I'm going to spend it. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting way to to look at it. And I think we're kind of coming on to, I guess, uh, getting a little bit more of a wider view of kind of who you are. But um, just for obviously those people that um, maybe don't know already, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe a little bit about why we're we're going to be talking about kind of mental health well-being and a little bit about journaling and things like that as well so Mm -hmm. just to give a a little bit more of an insight as to kind of who you are and and what's been going on uh with a longer view than the last week or so (laughs) yes for sure so when I started the company or the the vision for Journify we could have never predicted that a global pandemic was going to happen you know so this has nothing really to do with that some people think oh because you launched during COVID I was like to launch an app like that it was months in the works before that. <laughs> so um, I would say there, the, when you're in the process of becoming an entrepreneur, I think everyone has a very different journey, but there are like moments you remember, you know, maybe not like an aha moment necessarily, but more like moments along the way that you remember. And one of the first ones I, I, I did was people telling me, um, like colleagues or people I would network within the professional environment um, when I was still working for early stage startups, but I wasn't a founder. And I would constantly get comments as to why, you know, don't you do this for yourself? Why do you keep doing this over and over for like other founders? Maybe like you should do your idea, maybe this and that. And I actually felt really scared about even thinking about that concept. You know, I was very comfortable in my hectic job, but it still wasn't my baby so I, I kind of like loved that and then I was very comfortable with not being a founder and then at some point I was really curious about the opportunities that were opening up and evolving within mental wellness because it was a topic that I became personally interested about and as I became interested about it, I started learning more about it and I realized how little people know or how little we all know really as a society because it's something that is just starting. Even mental health, we still think mental health is mental health illnesses only, but not preventative, you know. And and it goes beyond that. How we, I keep thinking, we think so much about physical wellness now. That is the trend that really took over the last you know few decades. So we actually exercise, we eat healthy, we hydrate ourselves. Now we even track our steps and our activity. And, and we we have gotten to a point where for some people that is just like part of the daily routine. Hmm. Whereas mental wellness is not necessarily something that is so widespread. But because of that is why so many of us end up in a situation where you actually have a mental health problem and it's like so much harder to fix. We have 
limited supply on therapists. So who gets to actually get the first care? You know, I think that therapists then are forced to create trade-offs and health care systems have to adapt to that. But it's it's impossible because the rate at which younger generations especially are experiencing anxiety, depression, chronic stress, burnout, it's just impossible that we would be ready for this because it's happening too fast. So I thought I can't solve all this, the entire problem, because I think it's a combination of like many little problems and it would be too impossible to tackle at once. But I thought there's a movement happening on that and I want to be part of that movement. I don't know if that makes sense. And I want to be part of that movement that says mental wellness should be part of your daily routine, you know, so that you actually don't end up in a situation where you are suffering from a mental health illness that now takes years to recover from. Um, and I, and particularly speaking, I think the biggest opportunity was in educating the younger generations that are actually getting into college or out of college and getting their first jobs because they are the phase in which they're building their habits. Mm-hmm. And if they don't start early, then this becomes an afterthought. And then it's really hard to fit it within, you know, your daily routines and your practice because we have so much stimuli from work and technology and everything that sometimes for example, what happens to me is I I know so many of the, the science behind this. I know evidence-based methods suggest certain techniques for relax, relaxation. And and some days I still get carried away by my days and my meeting, you know, and the, the calendar says this and then that, and then I have to respond to that email. And then I didn't take the time to actually hydrate myself properly or take enough breaks or, you know, go and move a little bit before getting back to it and and creating that balance that is so important. So anyway, long story short from that, you know, I think two things were born. One was Journify as a brand. And I think as a brand, we feel that we fit within this mental wellness movement. And we do a lot of work on content and education on all of these mental wellness topics, workshops. You know, we have a blog, we have some like tools on the Journeyfy website, a burnout assessment, a happiness assessment, and all of that. And then the the product itself is just focused on audio journaling. And the audio journaling piece came about journaling being such a fantastic tool to boost mindfulness, reduce stress, reduce anxiety. And it's tested, it's been tested so many times, but sometimes the written method isn't intuitive for anyone to just pick up and go, or it doesn't, you know, fit within our busy lifestyle. So with the phone, you are outside, you are going on a walk, you're like taking the train, whatever moment you have, you just have your phone with yourself and you can just go and audio journal for five minutes, you know, and that on its own is already beneficial. So that was the idea of an audio journaling app, you know, it's like, how do we create a tool that fits within our goal of mental wellness on the go? That's uh yeah, I think there's a really interesting point you mentioned there about kind of making journaling accessible. And it kind of reminds me there's um uh we we're obviously recording this a little bit ahead of, of when it goes out. Um and the episode I think that goes out tonight, kind of the night we're recording, um, is a conversation with Jojo and I think that's called uh is it called it's available but not accessible. 
And that really mm-hmm. sort of feels like it kind of resonates with some of the things. I mean, that's not quite how we use the phrase. It was a different conversation, but it really feels like it also fits with this in terms of recognising that um, I guess traditional journaling um, is not always actually accessible to people. Yeah, so they, everyone within reason is is going to be able to note something down on paper or or note it down on an, a, a particular device, but there are going to be reasons why that doesn't work for them. Um, I mean, there are times in the past, I'm dyslexic, so there are times in the past when kind of I've been noting things down, like in my notes app, and you get caught up on, is that how you spell it? Is that how it would be phrased? What does that sound like? And it's not really what you want to be focusing on. You just want to say whatever you're kind of thinking and move forward with that point. So I, I think I can see from one particular scenario how an audio recording would be much uh more accessible in terms of in terms of journaling and like I said that's a very specific example um, but I think it shows why it's really important to consider different ways different tools um, that can be used to to support someone that's having that that well-being experience or that well-being journey whether they're experiencing illness or not um, so I think it was also kind of tied into that side of, of you talking about um kind of not leaving someone until they get to a crisis changing how we think about mental health and well-being and I think that's a really a really big thing I mean when you were speaking there you were tying in kind of mental health and the well-being discussion very much into to 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 journaling and to journify but has that been something that you maybe thought about in the past has it been something that um kind of was part of you prior to this um project um or is it kind of come together at the same time so i think i i think at the same time because i before i thought of this as a path for you know building a startup and i was interested in mental wellness on its own um it came more from from trying to help my team than trying to use this for myself, which is a really odd situation I've come to find out when I meet other founders in the mental health space. Oftentimes, they have a, a very specific history and background of a mental health problem that they couldn't find a solution and they solved it. You know, I actually, the most I've suffered from my mental health was actually while building a startup because being an entrepreneur is the most difficult experience, I would say. But before that, it was more because, you know, working in early stage startups where everything happens so quickly and everyone starts with a certain level of energy, but it's very hard to make sure that everyone keeps that up. So, and I went through phases in which, you go from being 10 employees to like 100, you know, and then the, and so on. And that scale creates so much tension within the, it's, it's unavoidable. But I think I, at the time I thought, can I give them tools to help them at least cope with this better and not normalize it, you know, and give them a subscription to a meditation app wasn't really a good solution because everyone else was like, oh my God, no, I do not want another responsibility. <laughs> and then on top of that, they also say, well, I've tried it but I actually don't enjoy it. You know, it's, I can't just like meditate. It doesn't work for me. For some of them did and they loved it and they were definitely more, you know, calm. But I think that for the ones who didn't, 
fit within this framework, they felt like there were no other solutions. I ended up connecting some of them with life coaches and that ended up being an incredible experience for them. But then again, working with a coach is such a privilege and you only do it for a few sessions, but what happens afterwards, you know, what happens after you don't have that outlet and something that is really interesting that I found out at that point is there's so much that we just keep to ourselves, you know, and, and, and that resonated with myself as well. Uh, like how often do you actually just let your thoughts out and rumble? You know, I have tried journaling so many times and I end up feeling like, oh, maybe I should edit this and edit that and I'm going to publish this. I think my mindset on writing goes to publishing. So I start curating myself versus I can just let it all out. And I think some people are very fortunate to have really, really good listeners around them. And it's a combination, right? Having good listeners around you, either a partner, good friends, a mentor, and you also being like really open to that process. But I think that most people actually just don't do that. So they're just like eating their thoughts that creates worry spirals that ends up creating anxiety. Sometimes actually the decisions that we're trying to make are not that complicated, but because we combine them with 20,000 different thoughts at the same time, it just feels like, oh, this is noble, I can't handle it. Um, and, and audio journaling really helps with that. So I started testing it myself. And then I spoke with a few therapists that have been, you know, exposed to it in the sense that they have had some of the patients that would have used the voice memos, for example. Mm. And they said, I, I found that they stick to it to the assignments more often versus those who have to write so anyway was it i i think like while i was trying it myself i was trying to do some research i started contacting some nurses that were already doing that and that was an interesting um, angle as well you know when you when you're in a position of crazy levels of burnout if finding five minutes in between here and there is actually making them feel better than it would work with almost anyone else. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think it was like very different pieces, though. And what, what shaped the final product was really just prototype testing, because at the end of the day, I think that I started with a very open mind and I started very, you know, driven by passion and research and ideas. I tried to just be like as innovative as possible, but then I'm a very data-driven person, and my background is on building performance marketing models. So I was like, well, that's what it, that experience comes in. And then everything else was what users wanted, what we saw in the data and things like that. I think that's really interesting when you talked about the side of um, kind of having that experience from, from frontline workers and how it works for them. Um, I, I'm thinking in my mind of... I know previous conversations where it's come up that sometimes there can be the struggle to get over that first step of kind of verbally saying I'm struggling with whatever um, and that's why kind of traditional journaling works for them in terms of writing something down and I think that was one of the things that kind of struck me when we spoke last time um, was that idea of almost this fitting within a potential kind of scale up of someone's journey 
um, of kind of encouraging them to get to that stage where, okay, that's great. You've been able to um, kind of write this down or express it in this way. And, and maybe you're not ready to say this in front of people, but maybe we could facilitate you saying it um, in, a, in a recorded sense. And I think that also kind of clicked again in my mind when you were talking about having those support networks of it's great if you've got people that you can talk to and you feel that they are, are able to hear and to listen what you're going through. But sometimes it's a journey to build up your confidence to get there or to feel that you've got the right people around you. Um, and I think that really, yeah, it kind of clicked in my mind, resonated with me that that's where I kind of saw, ah, oh, this is another great example of, of how this works um, and how it can be for someone's, how it can support someone's journey. So it doesn't have to be that linear, um, but it just kind of, in my mind, it sort of fitted in that gap between kind of sitting on your own and writing something or saying, okay, the alternative is you now need to sit in front of people and speak to them about what's going on. So this kind of, in my mind, sort of was a nice in the middle facilitator of, of some of those difficult conversations or thought processes that you wanted to express. So I think um, that also kind of came across, I think, when you were talking through there. Um, but yeah. earlier on, you also mentioned that there's, it feels weird to mention, there's so many different kind of aspects to, I don't know if it's part of the product um but what's available through through the website so you mentioned that there's um kind of the traditional journaling there's a blog there's signposting to other support um you've got um almost like an audio journey on there as well so there's a lot of different things going on it'd be interesting just to kind of um i guess one resonates with you or one that you really hope is is kind of pushed further forward next year yeah so the way we think about it is the um, the product we're going to stay within the realm of audio journaling and we've been working on the new version so version two of the app for two months now and it's almost there we, we are in the testing phase but what i love about it is we're going to be able to analyze we're going to be able to turn on a feature that analyzes your audio content. And then based on that, we're gonna give you a map of your mood over a certain period of time, um, some sort of like emotional scales, also emotional triggers. So for example, Mike, every time you talk about, 73% of the time you talk about open journal, your main emotion is joy, that's an example of, of how we would detect emotional triggers. You know, it's, it's like based on elements and entities that you mention often. And sometimes it's revealing because emotions like fear, you know, associated to, to, to a person may come up. And like that's interesting to dig deeper into it and like why that's the case. Um, and then you, you're going to be able to just see the data aggregated by any period of time that you want it to. So it's it's a, a our first you know step into providing a lot more value versus being a utility app mm. where you just use it to record. But here we actually take it a step further and now we give you insights into this. You know we actually help you track something more without you having to enter any additional data. So we are really excited about that. And from resources on the website perspective, my 
favorite um, one is the goal-based journaling. We hope that at some point we can create a similar version of that into the app because I've been using that on a few workshops and I've seen how it's really helpful. Mm -hmm. I actually um, was co-hosting a workshop two weeks ago, I believe it was, and it was really interesting because the prompt that resonated the most or the exercise that people would refer to more often was uh, think of a moment of extreme joy and describe it. And people's natural inclination is to think of like recent events in that capacity. And some, so many people didn't even do the exercise because they said, this was so insightful. I spent the entire three minutes just thinking about what that moment would even be versus actually doing the exercise because it feels that the more positive I, I, I've been getting lately is contentment, you know, and I think like that awareness creates a, a desire to actually do something about it and be proactive. So I think goal-based journaling is incredibly helpful to inspire you and take you into different directions. You know, if you have a very specific decision you're trying to make or a very specific problem in mind, I think it's better to just like let it out, even if it's disorganized and then slowly things start taking shape. But there's also journaling when you don't have a specific trigger. And when that's the case, I prefer to have very specific questions that take you down that path. Um, audio journaling to lower anxiety, audio journaling to overcome a worry spiral. I think there's just different ones that really help you. For example, sometimes it just feels like you're at an ease and you're being clumsy and you have a lot in your mind, and then you don't necessarily feel like, oh, but I have this one problem. Mm. You know, it's just better to get some guidance. So I love that. And of course, our blog we have. So it's it's on the it's on the journeyfy.co website, but we call it the burnout lab because it, it's almost its own entity because we've been getting applications from amazing guest writers as well. So our content is a lot more varied now whereas the, the beginning we only captured certain um topics within our expertise but now we've been able to like broaden that you know we've we've touched upon cbd and addictions and um we're doing i think tomorrow or day after we're releasing one on the science behind daydreaming and there's just like so many interesting concepts around mental wellness way beyond what people know way beyond like what I knew starting this process you know so it's just really fascinating like it's really it, it's I don't know it's just really rewarding to wake up and instead of just reading some random article on Twitter read your own article in your in your own blog and actually have new insights from it and and, and feel that I'm learning from this and I have new things to apply I I just love that very much I think I heard someone recently talking about they were kind of recommending new um, like mental health and well-being related books. And I was like, it sounds lovely. I said, but I've just got so used to kind of blog journal type content. I said, I don't know that I've got the concentration now <laughs> for, a, for a book. It's just it's really interesting. I got so used to these kind of uh, mini stories and mini insights. Um 
I think there's a, a real skill to being able to write that that longer content, which mm-hmm. I would say sometimes we, we talk about blogs and journaling in a way that is, as I would expect, a, a mini story, a kind of a, a, a short insight. But there are some that I see now that are, are huge um it more than an insight it's a a real kind of deep dive into someone's experience and their thoughts on um certain aspects so I think sometimes we do make the assumption that these are all short insights when that's not always the case um but I think looking at the the variety of ways that people can kind of get involved in journaling and in accessing the support that you're talking about is is really important and we we loosely touched on at the beginning the idea of this being a very different year a very strange year um and i think that through most of it i've sort of said this is a real opportunity to reflect on things like our routine which can be really important and really um hard to change but this is a great year to to change them it's a great time to write uh, reflect on where you place value on, on what you spend your time doing. Um, and we're still in that cycle of, of kind of lockdowns and restrictions in certain in certain locations. So um, I think it's still the case. It's still a great opportunity to do that. We're coming up to the end of a calendar year as well. So another good time to, to kind of reflect on that. Um, so I think it is a really good opportunity to, to think about how journaling can support. I'm really interesting to hear you mention some of the workshops um but if people were thinking about kind of different ways to to get involved or to try journaling for the first time or to um maybe even have a look at Genify, like what would you say is a really great way to to get started like if i was thinking about starting tomorrow and and using some of the tools kind of what would you suggest is the best way to do that at the moment i think at the at the very beginning is that it's better to download the app and then give it a shot. Um, the app for the first few times you use it, you know, for new users, you have some like screens that pop and it gives you some like small guidance so that you're not completely lost. And I think that really helps with anyone that is completely new to this. Uh, the first few times we do it, there's so much we have to talk about. I think that once you feel you hit a wall, then going on the website and visiting the goal-based journaling section would be a really good way of evolving the journaling practice. But at the very beginning, it's it's interesting because we, one of our web workshops, this was last week, you know, it was tons of people, the majority, I asked who has, you know, who has tried journaling before, very, very few, um, and who has done it, you know, over the last few years, and then it was like zero. So I was like, perfect. So I said, what do you have for breakfast? And then put a timer and we're going to do it for five minutes. So you're done saying what you have for breakfast in 10 seconds, unless you eat a lot. In that case, it would just <laughs> perhaps a minute, but I don't see how we would go, you know, beyond that. So, and everyone was like, ah, like what? And I was like, yes, because start with something really light. Describe your day. What are your plans for the weekend? What are you going to do? Something that is like light and easy and descriptive. Descriptive is the most important part at the beginning. So you can actually get going and then you just let your mind wander. And then suddenly you start talking about other things that are important to you. You know, like for example, I I remember one of the few, first few times when I was talking about my breakfast, I said, I have some 
bread with toast, sorry, with avocado. And then I started on a coffee and then suddenly I started talking about, well, I've been trying to eat healthier because I was worried about my cholesterol and this and that. And during lockdown, I have been moving as much. Lockdown has been so and so and so on. You're already starting to touch upon really relevant topics. And how did they go from breakfast to that? You know, it is just because that's top of mind. You don't, you, you just don't know, but it, it is there. And like, that's how you go into one topic to the other and just like letting it flow and reminding yourself that no one really has to listen to this unless you actually want to share it, but keep it private and just go with the flow. And then some beautiful things um, can happen. You know, you discover certain patterns, certain things that keep coming out through different topics. They always, you know, you always revert to, to certain ideas or fears. That's also really important. Um, but yeah, I think downloading the app. So just Google Play or the App Store and then Journify Audio Journaling and then it pops. Awesome. Well, I think we've kind of got to that stage where, where we're making sure that, that people are going and having a look at the app or the website. So um, if people did want to find out a little bit more, obviously we've mentioned downloading the app, but where else is there? Are there kind of websites, social medias? I mean, I, I kind of we've hinted at the, that there are already, but um, what are they and where can people find you? Yeah, so I would say the website is a good repository for all of our different resources. Um, journify.co, I think from the menu, there's an audio journaling section. We have a, a gift card. Now the holidays are coming up. Our swag store as well with all this wellness, you know, different merch. Um, a burnout assessment a happiness assessment. There are like only 10 questions each and they're pretty insightful. We've gotten people that say, oh, I didn't know that you could actually get a sense of happiness index. And and is this like backed by a scientific process? We were like, yes. So that's interesting as well, but it's all on the website. So journify.co and we love Instagram. So journify. Uh, co so same as a website but without the dot journify co um so instagram or the website awesome yeah i think uh, i mean we've we, we've i feel like we've mentioned quite a few times uh, as we've gone through the, about the website i think it is a really awesome place to go and have a look at um what's available and kind of start that thinking process of, of what journaling can be for you it doesn't have to be kind of that traditional side of, of having a notebook it can be something very different and i think that will be a really really useful tool and make journaling much more accessible to to some people so i think it's um yeah it's definitely a place you should go have go and have a look um see what's available but thank you so much for coming on for sharing some of your insights giving us a bit more information about something that is going to be a really really useful tool to people and i think i also want to reflect briefly on something we haven't spoken about although we touched on loosely is that idea of um, people coming into kind of the mental health conversation um, with different experience. And you mentioned earlier that you feel like you kind of you come into that with different experience. And I think that's hugely important. I think um, there have been a couple of rare occasions where I've sort of seen people worry about, oh, I've not had this experience or I haven't had that. And I think it's, it's something that we, or I would say I'm encouraging everyone to be involved in and everyone to be part of that and I think we all need to be doing that much more and I really hope that 
our conversation today can be part of that kind of advocating for that of, of how important it can be to get everyone to think about this and engage in it in very different ways although we've kind of loosely touched on the idea of this could support someone with a an illness we've been talking very much I think in a well-being sense and, and that's something that really does affect everyone every day yeah I I, I couldn't agree more I think that the um movement around this has to go through phases like with anything that becomes you know an important matter of our part of our daily lives but coming from a place of taboo is just such a huge journey to go through so if you if, if you actually look at you know the videos that exist on on youtube for even 20 years ago um you know and, and then 10 years ago you know the evolution isn't that drastic you you see the, the content is centered around the pioneers on the the research component and also the first people that decided I have a mental health illness I'm actually going to talk about it because the world needs to know that this is more common than what you think and that that journey has been incredibly helpful for especially so many people have suffered from conditions that were not you know common knowledge like their parents for example if they were kids and they didn't have like the resources available to actually heal and like and feel better and therefore not feel alienated and that's a really important part of this I think there's still a lot of of work to do on that front and I think that you know we, we are a long way from like getting point however I think that as a society we've already gotten to a point where mental health problems are almost mainstream right now you know if you look at 70 percent of gen z um you know people in in a few you know in us and, and uk have suffered from burnout that is actually not a niche problem anymore now we're talking about something that is impacting most of us and what is going to happen with the next generation if we don't tackle this as soon as possible so we went from exposing this taboo to now everyone needs to take care of this you know everyone needs to think about this and actually it is your problem is everyone's problem because the moment you sometimes the moment you notice that you actually are suffering from you know severe anxiety it's almost like too late to fix it quickly and then the journey would be so much harder so anyway i think that while people are a lot more comfortable now talking about mental health problems and illnesses, I think we need to talk about what does me, me what does being mentally well means, you know, and, and I'm really grateful for that. And how do I make sure it stays that way? Awesome. Yeah, I think, I've, yeah, that, I don't really, I haven't really got anything to add to that. I think, um, I think trying to encourage everyone to, to think about their their, their well-being their mental well-being we're so engaged in physical well-being i think already whether we do it or not but we are aware of it and we are engaged to some extent so um yeah thank you so much for for coming on for giving your insights for for telling us a bit more about genify um and we'll yeah hopefully have a, a conversation again next year and maybe hear about how things have moved forward but thank you so much for coming on and sharing your insights thank you so much and thank you everyone <laughs>
These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. And I think people realize how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it.